The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. While these homilies are the same in content as those preached, they have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, and that they catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. I'm going to begin this afternoon with uh, an article from Christianity Today about Abraham Lincoln. Hopefully I'll be able to tie it into these readings. When Abraham Lincoln ran for Congress in Illinois in 1846, he faced a formidable opponent, Peter Cartwright. Cartwright was a raw-boned, circuit-riding Methodist preacher, and he was known throughout Illinois. During his 65 years of riding the circuit, he would baptize nearly 10,000 converts. During the intense 1846 congressional campaign, some of Cartwright's followers accused Lincoln of being an infidel. In response, Lincoln decided to meet Cartwright on his own ground and attend one of his evangelistic rallies. Carl Sandburg, in the book Abraham Lincoln, The Prairie Years, tells the story this way. In due time, Cartwright said, All who desire to lead a new life, to give their hearts to God and go to heaven, will stand. And a sprinkling of men, women, and children stood up. Then the preacher exhorted, All who do not wish to go to hell will stand. All stood up, except for Lincoln. Then Cartwright, in his gravest voice, said, I observe that many responded to the first invitation to give their hearts to God and go to heaven. And I further observe that all of you have, save one, indicated that you did not desire to go to hell. The sole exception is Mr. Lincoln, who did not respond to either invitation. May I inquire of you, Mr. Lincoln, where are you going? And Lincoln slowly rose and slowly spoke. I came here as a respectful listener. I did not know that I was to be singled out by Brother Cartwright. I believe in treating religious matters with due solemnity. I admit that the questions propounded by Brother Cartwright are of great importance. I did not feel called upon to answer as the rest did. Brother Cartwright asks me directly where I am going. I desire to reply with equal directness. I am going to Congress. And so he did. It would appear that Mr. Lincoln did not wish to engage in discussions about eternal destiny, but instead rather adroitly chose to focus on the task at hand, which for him at that time was running for Congress. 
As I reflected on this story in light of today's readings, it occurred to me that often when we hear talk of the end times, final judgment and such, many of us would prefer to avoid such topics and rather focus on what, what is right in front of us, the here and the now. After all, it is easy for us to get overwhelmed with those big, fearsome scriptural images of the end of the world that can seem like parts from a special effects movie. But the decision to focus on the here and now is not necessarily a bad one if that focus has the same goal in mind. For if we are to stand erect and fearless at the coming of the Lord, whether at the end of the world or at the end of our life in this world, it will be because of how we conduct ourselves here and now, not in our contemplation of the future. Abe Lincoln might indeed have been focused on running for Congress, but it would be his conduct during that campaign and after his election, and not his answer to Cartwright's questions, that would determine his ultimate destiny. In the same way, the choices we make day to day will determine ours. This is what Paul is talking about when he writes to the Thessalonians about how they should conduct themselves to please God, then and there, so as to be blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus. The greatest influence on our everyday conduct is not our waiting on the fearful coming of the Lord at the end of the time, but on the saving Jesus Christ that waits on us here and now in the tabernacle. Our ability to stand tall when he comes at the end is based on how we embrace him today. If we enter into the intimate relationship he invites us to, then what we see at his second coming will not be the scary judge, but the loving Savior. Jesus did not deliver this ominous message and then ascend to heaven, abandoning us until his return. He left us his physical presence in the Eucharist, shared his power through the Holy Spirit, and his guidance through his word and church. And you know, people tend to see the end in two different ways depending on how they have taken advantage of these gifts. One group sees it as the end with judgment and consequences, while the other sees it as a transition to a better, no, the very best life. Jesus conquered death not for himself, but for us. And his victory over death is manifested by our embracing of eternal life. Conquering death is not living forever in this world. It is living forever in the next and seeing our earthly life as the preliminary, not the main event. In the same way that Jesus coming to earth brought about our salvation, so too will our leaving earth bring that salvation to fruition. Every Advent as we look forward to the celebration of the Incarnation, the birth of Jesus, our Lord coming to earth, so too it is fitting that we also look ahead expectantly to the end of our time on earth, either individually or collectively. For it is the former that has given us reason to rejoice in the latter. In the same way that our Lord's life, death, and resurrection redeemed us, so the embracing of the life he offers us here on earth the relationship to which he calls us brings us to see the end of earthly life not as our destruction, but as our completion. So today, as we head into this liturgical season of Advent, 
that our hearts not become drowsy with the carousing and drunkenness, nor the anxieties of the coming commercial secular Christmas season. But let us reaffirm our conduct consistent with the instructions given us by the Lord Jesus, so as to please God here and now as we celebrate his coming to earth and as we look forward to standing tall upon his glorious return. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.